Hi, everybody. This is Chris Campbell with the Food Institute Podcast. And today we welcome lifelong educator and founder of Green Bronx Machine, Stephen Ritz, to the show. And he's going to share how he grew Green Bronx Machine from an after-school program into a K-12 plus curriculum, and also how indoor vegetable farming has helped him reach tons of students and help them improve their school lives, their personal lives, and also their nutrition. But before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that we are available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and also YouTube. So whatever platform you're on, we're asking you to like and subscribe to our channels. And we also ask that you share this. We really find that word of mouth referrals still remain the best way to get our name out there. So please, if you have any friends or family in the food industry or anyone that might just be interested in the topic that we're talking about today, please share. And we really appreciate it when you do so. And with that all said, I'll allow Stephen Ritz to introduce himself. So take it away, Steve. Super. So great to see you. And how are you? Uh, or this is great because uh, under this format, I have the perfect face for radio. So thrilled to be here. But I am a lifelong educator. I'm still waiting for the Knicks to call me back and I'm available. But, you know, odds are they don't have the common sense. So I think I'll die as a lifelong educator from the South Bronx. And I am the founder, I like to say I'm the CEO, Chief Eternal Optimist of Bronx County, but I am the founder of Green Bronx Machine, um, someone who believes very vehemently that people should not have to leave their neighborhood to live, learn, and earn in a better one. So I'm an equity warrior uh, slash educator who just happened to get into the food, garden, and green space sideways while doing that work, trying to leave my community and my students' lives a little better than I tend to find them. So I think uh, a lot of people in the tri-state area might be more familiar with you, but for people that are outside of this region, can you give a little bit of information about Green Bronx Machine and what it is exactly that you do? Super. So first of all, you need to, after you finish listening, go to the Green Bronx Machine website, www.greenbronxmachine.org. But what does Green Bronx Machine do? We do everything. We are amazing. I like to say Green Bronx Machine grows vegetables, our vegetables grow students, our students grow schools, and our schools grow happy, healthy, resilient communities. But most specifically, or more specifically, what do we really do? Well, we are the art and science of growing vegetables indoors 365 days a year in school aligned to Common Core Next Generation Science Standards. So we are an academic program that just grows copious amounts of food. And the cool thing is, you know, every couple of weeks, you got tons to eat in addition to high-performing, happy, healthy students and high-performing, happy, healthy schools. I'll tell you this, about 116, 17,000 pounds of vegetables grown indoors in the middle of the South Bronx. My favorite crop is organically grown citizens, graduates, members of the middle class, kids who are going to college. Just yesterday, I was visiting my buddy Gotham uh, Barrage, Tory over at Gotham Greens. And, you know, one of the things we're most proud of is, you know, partnering towards 2,200 jobs. Um, during COVID, we were able to distribute over 100,000 pounds of food. It's just been game-changing here. So, uh, you know, we are very forward-thinking people, disruptive by design, and very much of the belief that we are the ones we are waiting for. We are the machine. It's a good name. I love it, and I really love the fact that it seems to be like a comprehensive uh, wraparound sort of model. It's not just that you're trying to grow greens. You really have this education aspect to it. And one of the things, I'm going to read it off. I read it on your website when I was doing my due diligence for the episode, and it said that you noticed as waistlines expanded, engagement and opportunities in school decreased, 
school performance suffered and hope and ambition became minimized. So I was hoping you can explain a little bit in further detail how you kind of use food to both improve nutrition and academic performance and maybe go a little bit more into how you use, you know, growing vegetables as both an educational tool, but also something that seems to help, you know, children that are growing up in their own nutrition and, you know, their personal lives. Wow, you really nailed it, man. You're you're a good interviewer. But I think what it comes down to, it, it, this, this, this work that we do here, um, and not only me, we, and when I say we, you know, I'm just one of many who stands on the shoulder of many other giants. Um, but this work is really rooted in equity. It, it really is. But specifically to Green Bronze Machine, we are a whole school program. Listen, I am not the salad guy. I'm not the veggie guy. I believe the greatest lever this nation has towards addressing poverty and equity is public schools. So I want to see, you know, high-performing public schools. The greatest natural resource in the world is the untapped potential residing in marginalized communities. So for me, this is about academics. It's about equity. But interspersed with that is definitely food, food justice, food access, health, wellness, and mindfulness. Realize communities like mine, we are the canaries in the coal mine. And, you know, after almost 40 years in public education, I will share with you this. The most important food school supply in the world is food because children will never be well-read if they're not well-fed. And, you know, here in the United States, our food insecurity problems are huge. But, you know, imagine poor children overseas who sometimes are eating grass or not eating. How do you expect them to learn? How do we expect children in the States to learn who are hopped up or doped up on sugar caffeine, salt, you know, spazzing out on MSG. So the food issues are really real. Um, you know, now in the States, in my lifetime, obesity has become the face of hunger because of so many people eating absolutely empty calories and we are eating ourselves sick, diseased, and diseased. And what do we do? We want more and want to double it up and get it for 99 cents. So food is the language through which society reveals itself. Who has access to what, where, when, and how, at what price, determines everything. But as someone who had been in special education and worked with some of the most difficult children in the world, what would you see? You know, like I'd wind up in the dean's office, I'd wind up breaking up fights, and you never want to, like, ask who started the fight, because that restarts the fight. So you ask something stupid, like, hey, man, what did you have for breakfast? And the answer usually was nothing, or it was some kind of crap. Or it was beer, believe it or not, with high school kids. Or it was weed, you know, I smoked the blunt before I came to school. And then what do you also know about a lot of these kids? Well, the kids who are obese, they have self-esteem issues. And who are the kids I was seeing in the dean's office? The ones who are either picked on or being picked on. And most of that had to do with some issue around body type, self-esteem, and other outwardly manifesting condition that other kids either picked on or zeroed in on. So, you know, health and wellness is so, even before the pandemic, but post-pandemic, OMG. So, you know, having kids who eat healthy is critical. And then the other thing, um, particularly because I'm in a very urban setting, is exposing children to nature. Um, Because when you teach children to nature, you teach them to nurture. And when we teach children to nurture, we as a society collectively embrace our better nature. So teaching kids to take care of plants that grow, that they can eat, 
that they can sell or they just can appreciate the look of and the feel of is absolutely amazing. And in my class, you know, we do a lot of plant pornography. Uh, you know, it's so excited every day. We can't get in here to wet our plants and I'll leave it at that. Well, I love to hear that. And I would like to maybe explore a little bit more about, you know, the personal effect these kind of education has on kids, you know, some success stories. Could you share anything, you know, showing in the, the development of this program, how you've helped kids specifically, you know, going to college? I think earlier you, you mentioned, you know, you're helping them get jobs. So what else can they kind of get from these kinds of programs? There's nothing more important than personal health. So, you know, I myself, when I embarked on this journey, lost 110 pounds simply by eating the food that I grow with children in school. So being a walking, talking example of health is awesome. You know, and along the way, I'm no longer diabetic. I no longer have a pre-serotic liver. I'm no longer running to the doctor. You know, my insurance company is happier. They should give me a refund, but that's a separate conversation. Um, but that's what happens for these children. You know, every time I keep a burger out of their belly and replace it with a banana, I'm doing the world some good, I'm doing them some good, and we're creating the next generation of social and environmental justice equity warriors. And that's what this movement is all about. It's really about creating equity. It's moving the needle from being, you know, from desperately seeking the light at the end of the tunnel to becoming the own light in our never-ending tunnel. And that to me is the most important part of all of this. But yeah. Just yesterday, um, we had His Royal Highness here from the United Arab Emirates. It'll be all over the Green Bronze Machine social network, social media pages, so please check it out. And we went to visit students of ours who came through the program who were working for Gotham Green. You know, today as we speak, thank God you can't see my face, but if you were to see the classroom, you'd see children in here who came through our program who are working here now. So it's all about paying it forward. It's all about creating concentric circles of success. It's all about doing local. It's all about, you know, making sure people who have never had a seat at the table uh, build their own and, and, and seat themselves and go forward. And there is nothing more cool and nothing more powerful than growing your own food. So uh, th there's a lot of pieces to this. And I think one of the things I really like to explore, too, is just how did you handle the COVID-19 pandemic? I know you're an educator. Like the world got completely flipped upside down overnight, it seemed, the last March. So how did you contend with that? How were you able to continue this program, this mission that you're on with not having students, you know, always available in the classroom? You know, how did yeah. you handle that? You know, welcome to the Terror Dome. I think Chuck D said it best. Welcome to the Terror Dome. And this was it. You know, four of the five highest infection rates per capita in New York City were right here. Bronx residents were twice as likely to die from COVID than anywhere else in the city, with the exception of one spot in Queens. Um, so COVID hit hard. And let me put let me put some context to that. You know, in this school, we lost faculty um, within my own within this community, my personal community. We had over two dozen uh, of casualties. So it seemed like every other week was a funeral. We had, we had to help people figure out how to claim lives and bodies from the morgue. People not didn't necessarily have all the correct pieces of paper or requisite pieces of paper in their pocket. So what happened? Supermarkets closed. Everything closed. The world went to hell. But this was an opportunity for us to really reinvent the organization. Instantly, we realized that there was tons of food being grown and in the pipeline. We're farmers. We get that. So, you know, we knew that food wasn't going to go anywhere except to waste. So instead of seeing it go to waste, we were able to reach out to farmers and resource it and get it for the pennies on the dollar. I'm proud to say that Green Bronx Machine personally delivered over 100,000 pounds of food during the pandemic from the school. 
directly from the school. We delivered groceries week to week, door to door, each and every week. We created grab-and-go situations for the entire community. But academically, what did we do? Well, the coolest thing is I learned about technology, man. Um, you know, uh, I got off AOL and got all, and I'm not trying to knock AOL, but learned about a couple of things called Zoom and Google Hangout and all of these other things and was literally able to connect around the world. We were the first program in the United States to offer Zoom cooking classes. And not only did we offer Zoom cooking classes, what we did is delivered the recipes the day and the ingredients the day before to the children's door. So we were literally able to connect kids online with the ingredients they need rather than washing some washed up celebrity chef looking for imprints. Oh, today I'll be cooking Chateaubriand, you know, while everyone is sitting there stuffing Pop-Tarts and potato chips down their throat. So we really, and the engagement took off. We found that kids brought their families in and family members in and other community members in, so it took off. We had over 200 online digital lessons. That was amazing. And for those of you who are out there, go to Green Bronze Machine and tip forward slash Let's Learn. We launched a TV show called Let's Learn with Mr. Ritz, which you can watch on our Green Bronze Machine uh, YouTube channel, but it had over 2 million views. So, you know, that was just one of the things that we did. Um, you know, we stayed busy. We made sure that we nourished our community and we nourished our minds. So I, I couldn't be more proud of our response. Uh, you know, it was great to be acknowledged by the New York City Food Policy Center as being the 2020 game changer and 2021 COVID food hero. So uh, we stay busy. Um, we're just thrilled and blessed and willing to be able to do the work that no one else really wants to in a way that no one else ever imagined. So I really love hearing that, you know, after a year and a half, really, of a lot of negativity, a lot of, you know, sad stories around the country. And also, you know, I'm also from the tri-state area. So I understand on that personal level, it was very difficult here at the beginning. But to hear, you know, such a positive outcome coming from your school during this really trying time, you know, it's really inspirational. And it's something that I think a lot of people will probably identify with, um, you know, maybe switching gears a little bit here, but I did want to go into a little bit about the growth of your organization. So I saw that originally it started off as a after school program, and now it is completely grown into a K to 12 plus curriculum. So can you explain a little bit like what is like growing a project? from, you know, an after-school extracurricular into a core competency kind of program? What was it like growing that kind of organization? Dude, it's like taking one little seed, putting it in the ground, and coming back 60 days later and having a big stalk filled with corn or tomatoes. Um, you know, listen, on the evolutionary chart of men, both I and this organization are moving from the left to the right. Um, so sometimes you get an idea, you get a kernel, you get a seed. Uh, you plant that seed, you get a little seedling, you know, you nurture that seedling. But there were a lot of different pieces to this. And yes, the most important thing I can stress to people out there is that Green Bronx Machine is really a school program. We transform schools. We transform communities. And, you know, it is 100% scalable. Our most effective programs, um, aside from the one right here in the Bronx, are in places that I have no access to or I don't visit. It's not like I need to be there. We figured out how to digitize this, how to, how to put up professional development, how to do all these other things. But my work started with overage, undercredited children, make no doubt about it. Kids who are going in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out of prison. You know, and they were 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, um, basically in ninth or 10th grade reading 
basically at first or second grade. And, and a lot of this is no fault of their own. It's kind of what you're born into. And many times they even had children themselves. So, you know, for me, it just became imperative. It became obvious that it's just easier to raise healthy children than fix broken men. And I was, while I love high school and I love workforce development, the sooner I get young children on a trajectory of good health, the less I have to worry about the cradle to prison pipeline, the less I have to worry about overage undercredited children. And more importantly, with those overage undercredited children, we can really have targeted, targeted, targeted interventions that really serve them well. But for me, I'm just delighted to be raising villages with an S of happy, healthy children, of high-performing schools, of teachers who are working in some of the most difficult circumstances who love using this program and are grateful to our list of amazing sponsors who so graciously provide it to them. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, your energy, you can obviously even hear it in your voice here, and you have a lot of passion for this project. And I think that actually plays out when you go to your website and you look around on how many projects you're working on. It, it really impressed me how many things you guys are working on at the same time. Uh, and they all seem to kind of work together. So I think we could fill an hour or two on that alone. But I was hoping maybe you could look at one or two recent projects you've worked on that really showcase the ethos of Green Bronx Machine and what you guys are trying to accomplish. Well, certainly... I am over the moon proud of Let's Learn, the TV show. And I couldn't be more proud of it because we wrote it ourselves. We did it ourselves. It features student voice. It's a complete, uh, I didn't get paid for it. Um, it was just a complete labor of love. But it also goes to show you that, man, you can do some pretty impressive stuff with technology. Um, you know, the ability to produce quality content is absolutely at everybody's fingertips. So just get out there and do it. You know, get off social media and start doing something good. Uh, you know, stop hating and start creating, I like to say. And, um, you know, the other thing is really right now understanding how important food is in the food as medicine is medicine movement. Um, you know, because with all that, with all, I'm still bewildered by it, the reluctance around vaccination. One thing people can do is increase their immunity. And the best way to grow your immunity is simply by eating more fresh fruits and vegetables. The best way to grow your own immune system is to consume fresh fruits and vegetables. The best way to help this planet right now is to consume more local food, um, including local fresh fruit and vegetables. So we're doing something that's game-changing and that is absolutely vital to, to our health right where we are, to our community's health if we eat local and buy local, growing our local economies, and more importantly, for planetary health. Um, because, you know, the, the less food that we consume that is bathed in fossil fuel and, and, and you know, and, and just slathered with palm oil, the better off we all are. So it's been, you know... I'm hoping, listen, I do not want to discount the pain of right now for a moment. Not at all. Um, we should never forget the pain. We should never forget the names. You know, you throw in with some of the tragic events um, of the past 18 months that seem to be perpetuating, perpetuating themselves. But I think a thousand years from now, if hopefully this planet is still functional and viable, people will look at this point as one of the greatest inflection points um, in the world's history, and hopefully we will have survived from it, learned from it, and gotten back 
to better. I love the inspirational message there. I am in the same you know kind of place. I think that this is a real challenging point, not just for the United States, not just for local communities, but the world in general. And we're seeing it a lot at the Food Institute. You know, there's a lot of more interest among consumers for environmental, social, uh, even you know governance aspects when it comes to food production, and they want to know where it's coming from, and they want to make sure that they can feel okay eating it. So I'd be remiss in my duties considering we are the Food Institute. We are a food program. I really need to dive into what you guys are growing in your classrooms and how you're doing it. I want to talk a little bit about this. So I think I want to start off with that. What kind of products are you growing right now? I know a lot of internal or sorry, uh, you know, vertical slash indoor farms really focus on leafy greens. Is that where you guys specialize? What do you guys actually grow? Well, what we specialize is, is, is growing children and pallets, you know, and growing opportunities. Um, what that biological classification is, I'm really not sure. But sure, we grow a lot of leafy greens. But we're growing strawberries, we're growing tomatoes, we're growing eggplants, and this is all indoors. So we're constantly learning. You know, you got to start with what I call the low-hanging fruit, even though the low-hanging fruit are leafy greens and vegetables, they grow well. Um, children love what I call the unders and the overs. The unders are radishes and carrots. But, you know, in addition to this indoor farm, we have an amazing outdoor soil farm. If you were to Google Green Bronx Machine Food for Others Farm, you'd be amazed to see the largest organic soil farm in the Bronx that you know is now spitting out about 5,000 pounds of food on a decommissioned city street, no less. So uh, yeah, we grow a lot of different kinds of fruits and vegetables. Uh, we're experimenting with add value products. Uh, this classroom is home to the perfect pickle. We have about 10 different flavors of pickles that we, uh, that we produce using aromatics. Uh, so I like to say our pesto is the besto. So we do a lot of um, interesting things. But for me, the most important thing is really bringing children to the table, is cultivating a palate and a willingness to, to try new things. You know, we're not the food police. We are the, we are the, we're just making vegetables and, and, and living life properly kind of cool. Now, let me give you guys a good shout out because the Food Institute. Right now, there has never been more transparency around everything and anything, despite all the conspiracy theories that are out there. You know, the ability with social media, with cell phones, with the internet, to have an understanding of who and what your brand is, where your products are coming from, what is the, uh, beyond the, the logos, what is the pathos and ethos of the companies that your dollars are supporting or going to, um, is really now rather accessible to you. So I like telling children that every day they vote with their fork, they vote with their mouth, they vote with their wallet, and God willing, when they're 18, they will still have the right to vote and the ability to vote. So these are the things that are absolutely critical to me, is understanding where your food comes from, you know, how your purchases make a difference. I'm thrilled to share, you know, that when you teach young children about the world and how it's not always just, they get angry. You know, the, the one thing that parents hate to hear is it's not fair. Oh, it's not fair. But as a teacher, as an advocate, as an educator, I love hearing it's not fair. Because what does that mean? I ask them, well, what are you going to do about it? And, you know, I'm thrilled to say that when children learn that other children have produced their food, that eating certain kinds of chocolate really comes at a cost for other kids who can't go to school, that soccer balls are made, certain soccer balls are made by companies who are employing child labor, they get angry. Uh, when I share with them that certain fast food manufacturers are out there, you know, uh, basically not paying people who look like their parents and families fair wages for the food that they grow, 
they tend not to want to go to those stores. So that's a moral victory for me, 100% of the way, and a moral victory for the planet. So it's really important to have this kind of transparency around food, around decision-making, and, and you know, being conscientious citizens. Just say, do you have anything in the pipeline, anything you'd like to share with our audience, uh, new projects, initiatives, anything like that? So there are a couple of things that we are working on. Um, we're always looking for sponsors and supporters, and I'm not asking for a handout, so let me be very clear. Um, what Green Bronze Machine does is we transform communities. We also work incredibly well with brands and partners and philanthropically oriented people, and we give you all the credit. So we want to do the work. Uh, we we want to give you the credit um, because, you know, it's your philanthropy. It's your engagement that really helps us do the work that we want to do. Um, so I, I couldn't be more excited, although a little bit nervous about the notion of going back to school. I'm in my classroom right now. We had summer school here today. You know, each and every day brings a new opportunity and similarly a new challenge as we boldly navigate this new world but it's also an opportunity to bring people closer together. So uh, we are going to be filming new episodes of Let's Learn, so I couldn't be more excited about that. But, you know, right now, it's just putting one foot in front of the other. We're in the middle of farm season. This weekend, we'll be harvesting. Next weekend, we'll be harvesting. Then we'll be replanting. So it's, you know, it's the circle of life, if you will. And I won't sing to you. Um, but, you know, right now, more than ever, it's really about supporting those who need the most help. Because the degree to which we resist injustice is the degree to which we are all free. And, you know, and my work starts with just inspiring other people to do some work, to put in a little effort, you know, to make a difference. You know, uh, here in the South Bronx, we say education, not asphyxiation. And let compassion be the new curriculum. Let empathy be the North Star. You know, I don't want to get back to normal. I really want to get back to better and grow something greater. And I'm asking everyone to get out there, you know. And if you can't donate time, if you can't donate money, donate some love. Um, because love is free. And uh, love is the only thing in the world that uh, you can give away and comes back more. Um, you get back more of. So it's really important right now to, to love on somebody or love on something and get out there and make Epic happen. Steven, I loved all of that. And I think the one last question I have is if someone listened to this episode, they're feeling it as, you know, as inspired as I am right now, where should they go to get connected with you? And what should they do to kind of you know, drive this mission forward? Oh, so if you want to drive the mission forward, first and foremost, go to the Green Bronx Machine website and get a copy of our book, The Power of a Plan. 100% of the proceeds go to support the program. Uh, the book was a number one bestseller, but it's part inspiration, part motivation, part perspiration, and a whole lot of fun. So that's one easy thing. And then give it to somebody. Um, give it to a teacher. Give it to a friend. You know, read the back cover. Read the blurb. But to get in touch with me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on social media. LinkedIn is the easiest way these days. And check out the Green Bronx Machine website. Go to the Stephen Ritz website. It's greenbronxmachine.org or stephenritz.com. Follow, like us, love us, and share us on social media. Uh, we don't have any paid social. We do it ourselves with the children, so sometimes it takes a little longer for us to get back. But we try and really keep it real. We try and keep it authentic. And, you know, these times that we are living in, they require bold action and conviction. 
but it also requires that people do something. So you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start in order to be great. And regarding courage, you know, the opposite of courage is not cowardice. The opposite of courage is conformity. Um, because even a dead fish can go with the flow. So, you know, just get out there and keep swimming. You know, that's it. You know, get out there and make epic happen. Putting yourself in the best place in this moment positions yourself to be in the best place in the next moment. And remember, you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep a neighbor warm. You just got to go over there and hand them a blanket. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Stephen. And like I said, we'll share all those links in the description of this episode. That way, anyone that's looking for you know a little bit more information and wants to get connected, we'll uh, make sure that they can get there. So I want to thank you again for your time today. Right. Thanks. And everybody out there, holler! See, se puede from the Bronx to the world. Adios, amigos! <laughs> and I think that'll do it for us this week on the Food Institute podcast. Definitely hard to follow that up. But if you'd like to learn more about the Food Institute, please take a look at the links in our description. Additionally, please follow, like, and share. Uh, we really appreciate it when you spread the message about our podcast and really, you know, try to do what you can to help out Green Bronx Machine. Seems like a great organization with a lot of good ideas. So until next time, this is Chris Campbell signing off. Mm-hmm.